there is no uh, requirement, if you will, or remedy for relief if and when a political party breaks its own rules. This is Lauren Burke at the Black Virginia News Podcast. This is episode 17. This is going to be an interview with Makia Little. I wasn't an easy pushover uh, because I could talk back a lot. Not only could, but did. And uh, so that was frustrating to those who had never had certain kinds of experiences. We got quite an education in seeing what the Democrat Party of this country was like. In fact, I cried. I don't know what I really been involved in politics now if I had known it was like it is. We was offered two votes. Those last two voices you heard were Ella Baker from Norfolk, Virginia, and Fannie Lou Hamer from an interview in 1965. This podcast is an interview with Makia Little, who is suing the Democratic Party of Virginia and the Virginia Board of Elections for what she alleges is improprieties related to the June 20 primary she participated in. It's a three-way primary, very competitive one, between Makia Little, Rosia Henson, and Natalie Shorter. Rosia Henson won by 49 votes. To see the um, lawsuit in its entirety, the link is in the podcast description. This is the podcast for Black Virginia News. You're listening to the podcast for Black Virginia News, the first and only platform that covers all of Black Virginia. Black Virginia News is sponsored by Virginia Nation Tees. Visit VirginianationTees at Etsy.com. We hear so much in our politics on the Democratic side with regard to believe black women, trust black women, black women this, black women are the first uh, voting block and the most important voting block for the Democratic Party. All true. On this podcast, we're going to talk to a black woman who ran in HD19, a Democratic candidate who says that there were improprieties during her race. We're going to detail that out in this interview with Makia Little. There's an open invitation to anybody at the Democratic Party of Virginia who'd like to speak on this or the Board of Elections. Uh, My interview style is very open. I let people talk. I don't argue. I don't go into whole big back and forth. Your voice will be heard if you would like it to be heard. Anybody who wants to reach out, this is Lauren Burke, and my email is lburke007 at gmail. House District 19 covers parts of Prince William County and Fairfax County. This interview was recorded on August 9, 2023. Okay, Makia, tell me about your, uh, tell me about the lawsuit. Tell me what it means. Tell me what the basic crux of the lawsuit is. Uh, so the basic crux of the lawsuit, uh, first of all, it's, it's addressed at not just the Democratic Party of Virginia, but also the Department of Elections, the Board of Elections, and the um, Commonwealth of Virginia is basically we have a system in Virginia politics that gives the political parties a lot of power without any real oversight. And what I mean without any real oversight is that there is no uh, requirement, if you will, or remedy for relief if and when a political party breaks its own rules. 
And so not only were um, rules broken with regard to the Democratic Party plan, there were also rules that were broken um, with regard to uh, the, the outline of the candidate's bulletin, which are the rules set by the Department of Elections. And so for them to certify primary results, knowing full well <laughs> that a law was broken and that law is um, 24.2-103A, uh, which requires them, and I will quote, um, the state board through the Department of Elections shall supervise and coordinate the work of the country and the city electoral boards and of the registrars to obtain uniformity in their practices and proceedings and legality and purity in all elections. And so, again, knowing that laws, this law was broken, knowing that the party did not follow its own policies uh, because I sent my complaint before they certified the election. Uh, right. They were CC'd along with uh, the the Democratic Party, so everyone knew. <laughs> and I and I even showed up to read it in person. Um, right. Everyone knew that this was not a a pure election, and they moved forward to to certify it anyway. The issue that I have is is bigger than just my race, though. Um, what I've I've seen. Uh, especially in conversations with previous candidates and and um, those who are still uh, working to gain access ballot or who have suddenly magically disappeared from <laughs> from the ballot is that this has become a bit of a pattern in practice. And I fear that more than just my constituents are essentially being silenced throughout the Commonwealth and have been silenced for years and multiple election cycles because of just the refusal of anyone to hold the party or the Department of Elections accountable. So I see this as uh, being one who essentially has standing or, or, or grounds to bring such a complaint to court because obviously I'm not the only victim, but there are there, there are legal requirements for someone to even bring a suit. And so it's one of those things where if it's something that you have the uh, wherewithal and resources and standing to fight for, I believe that one should. Subscribe to Black Virginia News at blackvirginianews.substack.com. I see that there's a... Uh, Makia, there's like uh, some voters from HD19, from House District 19, who are, who are on the plaintiff's side of this case with you. Yes. Um, how active will they be in the case? Uh, are they just, you know, folks that you needed to add to the case to have even more uh, heft to it? Or what, what, if anything, will their role be? I would start by saying that I'm, I'm very close to, to the voters of my district, and many of them have seen... Uh, a lot of the same things that I've observed for multiple election cycles. And so I, I communicate with, with voters in my district regularly, and they too 
are are frustrated with having their voices silenced and having their communities ignored by those who have taken an oath to represent them. And so it's a situation where, where they literally did not want me to have to fight this fight alone. And so they are active. They are, um, um, concerned as voters um, who want to ensure that those elected will actually represent them. And the Democratic Party of Virginia, um, Prince William County uh, Committee and Fairfax County Committee essentially made a unilateral decision for them. And um, so that is why they chose to to join the suit. Okay. And so when you say that uh, your campaign continues, what exactly does that mean? Is there a write-in? Is it that the remedy of this case continues it? Explain that a little bit. Right. So um, what we've asked for is an injunctive relief, which would um, pause the production of the ballots until this case is heard and resolved. Um, so that injunction is is where we uh, will be asking you know, for an allowance to be uh, given access to the ballot as an independent candidate by extending the deadline for me to file uh, a whole new set of petition signatures as an independent candidate. That okay. deadline is is typically June 20th, which is also the same day as the primary. So it's one of those things where you are essentially forced to choose whether you are going to be running uh, for a party's nomination or as an independent Okay, I get it. Okay, and you know, obviously the criticism for these types of cases, and we've of course seen them before, uh, where the party, uh, people have had various problems with the party. Certainly this party is no stranger to quote, paperwork snafus. Uh, We are seeing one right now with Trudy Berry, uh, which is frankly one of the dumbest I've seen anytime, anyplace. And I started working politics in New York when I was a teenager. Uh, We saw the Jasmine Lipscomb situation in the same area. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course, uh, two, I think it was two years ago, right? One cycle ago, we saw Mike Jones and Matt Rogers. Uh, That was Neville, I want to say. Right. Cindy Neville. Right. And and also Zach Coltrane somehow in in Virginia Beach, somehow his paperwork, Uh, you know, uh, but there is this sense in politics. And certainly I heard this when I was in New York and I certainly hear it in Virginia. Um, you know, well, this is politics. Politics isn't beanbag. This is how it goes. We're, you know, we're the party. We get to decide who's who's on the ballot. That whole argument. What do you say to that? <laughs> I would say the uh, overturning of Roe versus Wade is is uh, also politics. Are we okay with that? Um, I would say that the um, elimination of affirmative action is also just politics. Are we okay with that? And so if we start allowing our, our rights to be taken away with the dismissal of, oh, that's just how it is, um, then what we are saying is we just accept people being able to do what they want to do to control our lives. And, and what that is, is um, uh, a, an abuse of power that people did not give them. And that is really the the key. Apologies for the whining puppy no, in the background. Okay. It's all good. <laughs> um, and so what we're what we're essentially saying with this suit is that uh, as I say all politics are local um but this is where it starts this is where it starts where we see uh, rules broken 
policies broken, and then we wonder why at the federal level we see what we see. And if we as individuals don't, uh, and I'll quote Michael Jackson here, start with the man in the mirror (laughs) (laughs) and only point the finger at people we see that we don't like breaking rules, but the people that we like, we just dismiss it. You know, it's the same way we want Republicans to hold Donald Trump accountable. Yeah. So can we not as Democrats also hold one another accountable? Yeah. There's sort of, as you know, kind of this prevailing feeling, uh, I think particularly in Virginia with the history of Harry Bird and everything else that, Mm -hmm. you know, these rules are kind of, how should I say, not real, (laughs) you know? I mean, there's a sense that the the party can do whatever, and, and this has been borne out in several court cases, uh, several of which have been brought by Paul Goldman, the attorney in uh, in Richmond, who used to be uh, L. Douglas Wilder's campaign manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he brings these cases, these types of cases, these grievances with the party. And effectively what he's told in court is that the party can do whatever it wants to do. You know, the court does not want to position itself as, you know, an actor uh, sort of getting involved in the political situation. And what it all comes down to, in in my view, is these rules really don't mean anything. And Mm -hmm. and so there's also sort of a piece of me when I'm watching not only your situation, but the situation of many others, there's a feeling that, you know, why do we have these rules? Why does the party, why does the Democratic Party have any of these rules? Because they don't follow, there's nothing actionable. There's no enforcement mechanism, let's face it. And so when somebody has a grievance, they're sort of just treated like, you know, you're, you're, you're treated as if you should just go away and shut up. And right. if that's going to be the case, my feeling is just be honest about what it is. And if you're just going to say it's politics, then don't have any rules. Just declare that we, the Democratic Party, can just do whatever we want. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I, I'm kind of in a space when I when I read your case and when I've read other cases of, you know, if it's going to be just you know, tough, go away, then why, why don't we just say that to candidates? <laughs> you know, right. so I'm just wondering like what you think about that. Yeah. Not only let's just say that to candidates, but like y'all called me to run. Like <laughs> I didn't ask to run. <laughs> y'all, right. y'all called me, Makia, we need you to run for this seat. And I was very transparent with the fact that, you know, you asking me to run uh, to ensure that we, you know, flip the house and, and do all of these things as a team, understand what you're asking me to give up. You're asking me to give up my job as a federal government employee. You're also asking me to give up my family's home because I can't afford <laughs> my family's home if I don't have a job. And so if you're asking me to run to ensure that um, we have uh, someone representing this district with democratic values, but then you don't demonstrate those same values by giving me a choice to say, okay, if I'm going to put my whole self out here and I already know that this party isn't capable or isn't willing to uphold its own rules, then tell me that in time for me to run as an independent, if that's what I choose to do. But remember you called me, you called me. And what you also did was I'll say assist the Virginia department of election in breaking the law because you submitted names of your nominees knowing that it's their responsibility to abide by 24.2-103A, which ensures that elections are pure. 
Follow Black Virginia News on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Black Virginia News and on TikTok and Twitter at Black Virginia News. Send comments and tips to blackvirginianews at gmail.com. Has the party, has anybody communicated anything, uh, Sham, uh, Susan Swecker, anybody uh, about any of this? No official communication from the party um, at that level. Um, I've only had people at the lower levels, um, you know, within the Prince William County uh, uh, Committee try to um, ask me to resign or, you know, the Twitter wars, if you will, where people are... (laughs) Tagging right. Act Blue and asking them right. to take my my fundraising page down, which they did, by the right. way, um, right. in retaliation for me not falling in line and conforming. Um, I've even had a job offer uh, from uh, Fairfax County Dems where they 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 wanted a uh, a campaign manager and and two black field organizers, which I found quite um, offensive. And it's like, yeah, no, this is, you all are way too comfortable with not having to answer to people. And you, for whatever reason, feel um, as if the law does not apply to you because you've been allowed and permitted without challenge to do this for so long. Yeah. And what do you think about... um this idea, you know, some people have, I guess, going back to what I was saying before about these types of things, these rules, these internal rules of sort of internal groups are sort of in a category perhaps of a gripe, but not necessarily a actionable thing legally. I mean, you know, talk to me about what in this is, in your view, uh, legally actionable. Well, again, the fact that the policies were broken on multiple levels. Um, I mean, even the, um, I believe most people who are probably listening to this podcast are are very familiar with the candidate's bulletin. Candidate's bulletin says that the petition signatures are um, able to be filed at noon on March 20th. But just for my race, for whatever reason, that time was extended to 7 p.m. And even though I was first to arrive... Um, that didn't matter because they decided for my race only that the deadline was going to be to 7 p.m. So I don't know if that is to uh, give my opponents more time because they knew I had my signatures ready to go. Um, I don't know if that was to give my opponents time to get off work and not have to take leave, even though I basically gave up my whole career. Um, but no other race had their deadline extended to 7 p.m. And the Virginia Department of Elections candidates bulletin says I should be able to turn those in at noon. So again, the fact that my opponent was allowed to maintain his official committee role and used that official committee role to um, leverage endorsements, which I mean, they were literally candidates and people 
um, elected officials who wanted to endorse me, but they were afraid if they endorsed me before the they officially qualified for the ballot that the county committee would retaliate. The lawsuit, if it doesn't work, and, and as you know, obviously we have early voting coming up in about, I think it's 45 days or so. September 22nd is when early voting starts in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is next if this lawsuit doesn't work? Uh, well, I'm pretty pretty scrappy and resilient, so. <laughs> I mean, you know, you see in your area in particular, so mm-hmm. much political activity is, of course, the rumor that Abigail Spanberger is not going to run again, which, of course, would mean somebody would probably vacate that. I know that certainly Delegate Guzman is, is effectively looking right at that opportunity uh if 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 abigail leaves and then you have uh jeremy mcpike and the rumors around him so it looks like that area has a lot of chance for vacancy but like what do you you know people moving around and people are always moving around the house delegates because as you know it only pays sixteen thousand bucks and even with the per diem and everything else mm-hmm. you know you'd only maybe get to maybe forty five thousand if mm-hmm. you're lucky so i you know uh what do you say to the idea of you know um, this was your first run doing something else or running again or any of that you have any thoughts of that or you just concentrating on the lawsuit right now and that's it well i do want to make it clear that i am still running um so i will either run as an independent printed on the ballot or i'll run as an independent uh write-in but um Again, this wasn't a seat that I sought for myself. This is a seat I sought to ensure the people of House District 19 had representation that was going to be their voice. Okay, and so that write-in is effectively on the ballot. I think it's a, you have to sort of, the voter has to fill in the bubble and write that person's name in, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. And you had, you know, your fundraising, I think you were you're certainly number one in fundraising. Uh, frankly, I think this is what made you kind of a, a scary entity to some in the establishment. <laughs> you had your own independent fundraising that had nothing to do with Dominion or Clean Virginia. <laughs> so right. there was like, that made you somebody. Yeah, no, I, I, I got strings. We don't have papers on her. <laughs> right. We don't have any, we don't have any control over this person. So it's mm-hmm. a good thing. Uh, so you uh, obviously write-ins are a little bit expensive to say the least. Are you, you know, preparing that or how's that going? Um, absolutely. I mean, fundraising continues despite the Democratic Party of Virginia's attempts to, to dismantle my, my fundraising apparatus and, and essentially reset, wipe out all of my reoccurring uh, uh, payments. But um, yeah, I'm a fam you win. And um, we, we, we strike, strike and strike again. Did you, did you contact Act Blue about that? Um, they, they contacted me directly and basically said they can do whatever they want. And was, Is that right? Okay. fight with you to give you my money. So um, their loss. And um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Anything else? Anything else you want people to know out there? Any other points you'd like to make? Um. I mean, obviously, I, I still identify with uh, democratic values, but um, I, I do not believe in fighting to be somewhere uh, people don't want me. Um, however, I do want to ensure that my district, I mean, even from a, a constituent standpoint, I don't feel comfortable with someone with Uh, no integrity representing me. So if I don't continue to run, if I don't continue to 
um, call for accountability. Um, not only do 87,221 members of my district lose, I lose. Uh, we all lose uh, because that essentially um, allows for minority rule, which we, we say we, we don't want as a party. We say we shouldn't have from Republicans. Um, it's not okay to do the same just because we identify as Democrats. Okay, Makia, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for yours, Lauren. Okay, and that's it. Episode 17 of the Black Virginia News Podcast is Lauren Burke. And once again, there's a standing open invitation to anybody at the Democratic Party of Virginia, the Board of Elections, the Prince William County Democrats, uh, anybody who, you know, wants to speak on this issue. I'm not the type of person who's interested in the I gotcha interview. I let people talk. I want the information. That's it. You know, I submit questions typically to people beforehand so they have an opportunity to see what it is that I'm going to be asking. They can think about what their answers are going to be. I can understand not doing interviews on controversial things. I totally get that. And that's part of communication strategy as well. But if somebody out there wants to talk on this, uh, let me know. It's Lauren Burke. Uh, My email is lburke007 at gmail. Lauren Victoria Burke is a member of investigative reporters and editors, NABJ, and the Ida B. Wells Society. I want to thank everybody out there who's been subscribing to Black Virginia News. Uh, It's been a huge help. There's been a spike in in subscriptions. Thank you so much, everybody, and uh, we'll be back real soon. Miss Burke has appeared on CNN and MSNBC and appears regularly on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Subscribe to Black Virginia News at blackvirginianews.substack.com. The podcast for Black Virginia News is a product of Win Digital Media and is produced by the team at WDM LLC. 